when you put on that one outfit that makes you feel really great, like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. makes you have joy and you feel comfortable about yourself and you can go and tackle things. That's authentically you. Hi, this is Mimi. Welcome to my podcast, Blossoming You. I've been waking up with the one goal in mind. How can I impact someone's life today? Even if I can just help one person or one soul to blossom to better version of themselves, I'll be happy. And I just made it the daily goal. And for that reason, I have this podcast. Hi, Marcy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so thankful that you agreed to join me today. And I'm super excited to talk about authenticity. Yeah, so I saw Marcy on um, LinkedIn and her tagline actually saying that she's helping people achieve success and live a life filled with joy, gratitude, and meaning. And when she had more conversation with my husband, Abhinav, she actually talked about a lot about authenticity. And actually it grabbed my attention because I've realized that for me to actually listen in to what my purpose is, I need to be true to myself first. I have to spend a lot of time to know to get to know myself, to get to know what I like and what I don't. You can share with my audience a little bit more about yourself and your background. And I do love conversation with Marcy is because she's not only sharing her life experience, but a lot of her her work is attached to her job and her career as well. So Marcy Mara, um, I have been in the consulting industry as a management consultant for a good portion of my career, actually almost 30 years. And that is what I call my day job. And that's working with uh, large uh, companies, uh, Fortune 500, 100 companies, helping them solve big problems. And that often means helping people also figure out where do they fit in. Mm. And in the evening, in the weekends is my coaching practice. And that is really about working with individuals to find their purpose, what does success mean for them, their authenticity, and how do they connect to all of those things. And the the two things really come together with this thread of people. It is all about people for me and helping people find how to be better, how to be comfortable with who they are, how to appreciate the things that they have, really how to find joy. Mm. Um, And you, you mentioned several times already your purpose, which I love that because you'll hear people talk about their passion but we first need to find our purpose. So mm. we find our purposes and we find our co- we define our core values. Yes. And then we align to those things. And once we do that, the other things come into place. And as you know, I talk a lot about this and I'm super passionate about it. And people will say, well, how do you, how do you learn these things and how do you get to that place? And my, my kind of glib answer is from terrible failure. Mm. And being able to try some things and not be successful and be honest with yourself that they didn't work and why they didn't work. And that was really the point in my life where I realized I wasn't authentic to my own core values. And really everything changed for me after that. So I hope by being able to have these conversations that I can help other people realize those same things and perhaps be able to do it in a much less painful way than the way that I had to explain. The importance of being authentic is that it helps you to show up consistently in the same way every time. For you to become a leader or be better at something, you want to follow someone or follow their footsteps and learn from them. 
you know, but I think there's a line is missing where follow and learning principles rather than copy exactly what they're doing. Well, and that's such a great distinction because we should look at people that we think are good at the jobs that we want and we can look at their behavior. Mm. Now, we shouldn't try to completely copy the behavior. We shouldn't mirror what they do. We should look at the things that they are successful at and learn from that and then apply those skills to how we see the world. So once we start um, taking information in and we make it our own, that's an authentic way to, mm. to learn those skills. But if I do exactly what you do, like it might work great for you, mm -hmm. but it could be ridiculously horrible for me. And you see people that you just know, like that does not seem real or natural. And back to your point, it's like, it's not consistent. Mm -hmm. So we build trust with people in a variety of ways, but one of them is this consistency. We know how people act and how they respond to things. And if you aren't being authentic to yourself, it's like telling a bunch of lies. Mm. So you have to keep track of all of these different personas that you're right. trying to be. And eventually they'll catch up with you. And they right. just don't, like you can even see people stand up and give a speech and you'll say, that wasn't the greatest speech, but didn't that person have great charisma? And that's really that, that little extra something, like it was really who they were. Versus the person who stands up there and tries to mirror what the person before them did. And they look very stiff and awkward because they haven't taken it and made it their own. What exercises or things that you can do, in your opinion or from your practice, to really get to know you? I feel like I don't have time to waste. Like, I don't want to fail a bunch. I just want to fail one or two times and then like, okay, I want to get it next time, you know? Yes. Now, I'm not saying we should fail in the same way multiple times. You mm. should actually only fail once in that way and learn from that and yeah. try other things so like each True. time you fail you learn new new lessons from it um and there isn't a, sh a shortcut to it but part of that is and i'm not saying that you have to fail but you have to be willing to mm. so if you're not willing to fail you're not willing to make yourself vulnerable and you have to be vulnerable and put some things out there for you to start to learn and to craft what really feels right for you and you and I've had a couple of conversations about you just starting this and just feeling like it was something you needed to do and you're trying to learn as you go. And that's bravery. And that's one of the things that comes with being authentic. Like mm. you want to help people and you want to connect with people. So you're willing to put yourself out there and make yourself vulnerable. And we're going to hope that you're super successful because I would love nothing more than to see that. But you might stumble along the way. Right. And what you'll do is you'll learn from that. Like, oh, I tried that and that didn't work. So I'm going to learn from that and put that aside and I'm going to go and try something else. And mm. as long as we continue to keep doing that, we continue to grow. And it's, it's to that point of, like I said, making yourself vulnerable, being curious. Mm. If we are afraid to fail, we shut those things off and we shut off that opportunity to learn and grow from those experiences. Yeah. But, but back to your question about how do we find our authentic self? Uh, I give some really simple uh, tips to people when I'm working, coaching with them. And, and it's to really listen to your own voice. Like mm. if I'm going to go and do something, I might even stop and ask myself, how do I feel about this? Am I saying to myself, oh, I should put on this outfit to go to this meeting or I want to, or I'd really like to, to do this. And this is obviously a very simplified example. But when I use the word should, mm. 
that means somebody else is telling me or some I've gotten some other data that is saying this is how I should mm -hmm. show up. So that isn't necessarily authentic to me. And that is going to take more energy from me. That's not going to be the thing that brings me joy. Right. Like, like sorry, this is probably kind of a little bit of a woman thing, but like when you put on that one outfit that makes you feel really great, like mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. makes you have joy and you feel comfortable about yourself and you can go and tackle things. That's authentically you. Mm. You want to take the time and self-reflect. Before you make any decision, take the time to really ask yourself. Um, we would go and ask people that we love, like, well, what do you think about it? And like, we will ask for opinion. But we often forget to ask our own, like, own yes. self for the opinion. What do you think? And I love that, that um, you can actually should treat yourself of how, you know, you can treat other people because it's so much easier for us for some reason to speak up for other people, to stand up for other people. But when it comes to our own, we kind of just either disregard or just don't think about it or just. And you just made a really powerful statement. Why do we value other people's opinions more than we value mm. our own? Like, have you asked somebody for an opinion on something and they've given it to you and you haven't completely agreed with it, but you put your own opinion aside and you acted on that? Like, why do we give other people our power? Wow. More often than not, like, we should be the best judge of what feels right. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't, like, I love to ask for opinions. And I now know that I take little nuggets of it. Like, mm. that works for you. And that's great that you shared that story with me. That wouldn't fully work for me. But here's what I learned from that. And so we take that as inputs and then we internalize it and we make it our own. Mm. But again, you have to be brave enough and you have to understand that not everyone is going to like you. Right. And as humans are wired to, we're, we're a pack. Like we want to all fit in. We want to belong. We want to be liked. There's this need from very early on. We want to be popular. But those aren't the things that really bring us true joy. Mm. Those bring us like moments of happiness that aren't lasting. It's like when somebody says, if I get this promotion at work and I get this pay increase, I'll truly be happy. There's all kinds of studies shows that person's happy for two weeks. Mm. That's it. It's not really lasting. It's not that deep meaning, like a human connection in a relationship that can bring you joy for a lifetime. Very, very different things. So when you find your purpose and you align to your core values, the things that you do, the actions that you take, the things that you say and the connections that you make with people will align to that too. And so those will all feel good. And those are the things of foundation to bringing people joy. Mm, I love that. So for you to find your purpose, you really need to know your values. And that's kind of like a core of it, which I start um, figuring out for myself. Like, what are the things that I can say no to or yes, and if it's aligned with my values. And therefore, I can figure out my purpose. Because honestly, for myself before, I'm thinking of purpose. It's just like all over places. <laughs> it's like, well, I love this. I, and I always thought about what my passion was. Like, oh, yeah, I love people. I love helping. I love creative art, I love video, so, but it was like all over places. But when you ask the question that out of all of those things, what is actually aligned with the value that you want to stand for? I want to known for helping people to unlock their limited belief. I want to known for helping people to find their purpose. But before for me to do that, I need to figure out on my own. Just say no 
to things that not of us or like the things that are not aligned with our brand. Well, and that's where you go back to aligning to a purpose. Mm. And it's interesting to talk to people right now and say, um, really evaluate if you want to just take a job, to take any job because you need to make an income. And we have a lot of people right, right. now that are out of work and certainly need that. But the other thing is, is if you have, if you have defined your purpose and you think you know what that path looks like and you make a choice to take something for now, mm. how do you remain focused on that path and how do you remain authentic and honest to yourself? So it is a little bit of what does that discipline look like? Understanding that you need to be able to pay your rent, but don't then settle into now this becomes okay. And mm. this, is, this is where I get, and we, we get stuck that way. There are times that we have to make those hard choices that don't perfectly align. Now you're still gonna have to look at your core values. Certainly do not take a job no matter what the pay is, if it doesn't align to your personal values. I mean, unless you don't care about your personal brand. Mm. But when we think about our brand, like our values align to that, and you have to look and say a year from now, and I look back at the actions that I took, how would I feel about it? And, and mm. that's a good question too, to ask yourself, like in the moment, I'll be like, oh, I'll just do this, this will be fine. And then if I stop and I ask myself, like if I had to look back, in a year, how would I feel about it? I'd probably feel like, oh, I felt like I shouldn't have done that. So I, maybe I shouldn't, shouldn't mm. do that. Why is it so easy to speak up for somebody else? And we can maybe bring, bring analogy at workplace too, is something is unfair to you at work, you don't speak up, but something is unfair to your coworker and you'll be like, no, I need to talk to you. You cannot let them talk to you like that. Like, why is that? Well, it's, it's a lot less scary to speak up for somebody else. If you speak up for yourself, then you have to ask yourself questions like, do I deserve this? And this is where we get into like our psyches. And it's like, we all, most people struggle a little bit with imposter syndrome or am I enough? And so yeah. if you're treated, not treated fairly, you can look at it and say, oh, maybe I deserve to not be treated fairly or maybe I, I'm not enough. And so if I go and I say, this is unfair, I shine a spotlight on myself, which can be quite mm. uncomfortable. But the way to, to get past that is to ask yourself, if I do not speak up right now on what is happening to me, do, will it impact anyone else down the line? Mm. And as women, we often still have to deal with these things in the workplace, unfortunately. Right. Like right. We'd all love to believe that me too happen and everything is beautiful and but it's not <laughs> so if i don't speak up to something that's happening to me that's unfair then all i have done is left that for the person that comes mm -hmm. behind me to deal with it and and you and i did talk about this a week ago and it's and there's just moments where you have to push yourself forward and i and i recently had to do that and i had to elevate something that i didn't think was fair for myself and another woman in the workplace. And it was extremely uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to pretend like I have it all figured out. Mm. I was very uncomfortable about doing it. I sent the message. I hesitated. I was like, oh, no, now I'm going to be in trouble. And then I did ask myself, why would I be in trouble for pointing out something that was completely not fair or equitable? 
Yeah. But because I then started to think, well, then they would say that I didn't do this well enough. You get like in this whole like spiral because we just won't give ourselves the same grace Mm. that we give other people. Much to your point, like you'll ask other people's opinion and we'll take other people's feedback, but we won't listen to ourselves. And aren't we the leaders of ourselves? Like (laughs) we start with being in charge of how we show up and how we respond to things. And so that's work that I still do every day. And I talk to a lot of people about it. It's just so much easier to defend somebody else than it is to stand up for ourselves. Mm. But when we stand up for ourselves is when we set that good leadership example for so many other people that will be able to see that and say, hey, I'm enough and I should stand up for what's not right for me too. Right. I love speaking to you because I'm pretty sure a lot of audience that will be listening to these or will be in our um, virtual summit will be people that are working in the workplaces. And as a woman, we do get treated just a little different. And I wouldn't say it's, but there's a lot of unfairness where you can speak up. Like, I do feel like you don't have a power of speaking up. And it's often very subtle. So these are the things that we have to look for, too, is that it is very subtle and it isn't intentional. It isn't from malice. Um, it is unconscious bias. Mm. And when, and it can be 1% difference. But that 1% difference in the workplace can mean uh, um, Joe gets promoted and you don't. Yeah. Because that one percent, like he had, you had both had the same size of a team assigned to you, but he had two people that were rock stars, and your whole team was more junior. And you might have looked at it and said, "Well, if I scrutinize it a lot, it doesn't look completely equitable." Mm. But it's okay because I can make do with this, and you probably could. And that's what we do. But. Would the team been divided the exact same way had it been two men? And we don't always know the answer, but we have to ask the questions. Mm. And that's the, that whole thing about being uncomfortable. Like you have to say, does this look equitable to everybody else? And just sometimes let that sit. And then somebody will be like, oh, I hadn't thought about it. No, maybe it isn't. So you don't have to come in with guns a-blazing and say, this is completely unfair and I'm not being treated right. I'm going to fail. But to be able to elevate and ask the questions, because every time we don't, we do leave it for somebody else. And it is why you look at statistically, it'll take still so long for even a parity of pay across gender and it, it's a simple thing for us to fix mm. now, but it takes all of us saying things and it doesn't matter what level you are or how young you are in your career or how long you've been in the business we all can see those things we just have to stop and have enough confidence that our own opinion matters Mm. to be able to ask a question and ask the questions assuming that people want to be fair and equitable and that we all have unconscious biases Right. Um, and the reason that they're called that is because people aren't aware of them. So unless we ask the questions, they may never surface. How do you ask for promotion or how do you bring up the tough questions or how do you bring up the hard situation when you are a woman you with a strong opinion, but you don't want to come across as a feminist? <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a like a subtle line. <laughs> I'm going to tell this funny story. I used to be that independent 
by myself. And my boss actually, one time he ordered a cabinet for them. It came in. He's like, yeah, so maybe you can ask some guys to help. I'm like, no, I can do it myself. It took me so long. And at the end, I realized that I put one of the uh, cabinets backwards. So... <laughs> It's a funny small story, but it comes from a place that I thought that I can do it all and I have to be the strong woman and especially show up strong so that I can be looked at equally. But, you know, but there's certain things that there is beauty in being a woman and still be a powerful voice for the workforce. <laughs> well, and this is where uh, you think about the difference between things being fair and things being equal. And mm. those aren't the same things. So being treated fairly is, okay, you're a very petite woman. Like to think that you would carry cabinets and there would be a very large person, could be a, a man or a woman that could carry mm. the cabinets. You wouldn't expect you both to do that. That's just fair. Got it. Uh, so we have to also sometimes put our egos aside mm. uh, and be brave enough to say, I need help. And that example that you gave was definitely about size and strength. And so we apply certain gender stereotypes mm. to that. Um, although I know some women that are much stronger than most of the men that I know and um, are professional CrossFit uh, people. Mm. But when we look at most of the things that we need to ask for help for in the workplace, it, it isn't a, a man or a woman. It's who has the right skills and who has the right talent. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. So again, part of that, like you understand your purpose and your values and what's authentic to you. And you have self-awareness about what you're good at and what you're not. Mm. Some people are great at public speaking and others aren't. So you start to find people that you pair yourself with. Um, I have a, a great relationship with one of the other partners in the consulting firm that I work with. And her and I have very opposite styles. Mm. Um, she's very analytical. I'm very creative. So I like the big picture. She likes the details. And a couple of years ago, we figured that out. And so we partner a lot because mm. we know together we can help each other be better. Mm. And we're okay. Like we put our, when we figured that out, it's like pride aside, like you are so much better at analytics. And she's like, I'm never going to come up with anything that isn't like super boring looking. And so when we come together, it's a better product, mm -hmm. but we have to be vulnerable. Like we had to say, I think you're better at this. I could use some help in this area. Do you want to go and partner? Mm -hmm. And that's also what happens when you need, when it's promotion time, mm -hmm. find people that can be um, your sponsors. So we talk about mentoring and coaching and mm -hmm. people that can teach us things, but often much like it's easier to stand up for somebody else. If you get somebody to sponsor you, they can also have conversations on your behalf. Mm. And depending on how the organization is structured, they may be in meetings that you're not that can say, oh, this person really has done these amazing things and right. helps speak on your behalf. So it doesn't feel like, hey, I'm the greatest. Like you need to promote me. Like I'm not doing self-promotion but I've started to build a network. And it mm. isn't something, frankly, that women historically have done very well. You look at how men in the workplace create groups of support mm. around them yeah. and they help each other get promoted. And it often feels very unfair to women, but it's because women haven't done that work. They haven't 
we've competed against each other. Mm. We've held onto things ourselves. We've thought I have to have all the answers or I won't share with anyone, but we haven't created those networks that help us. So when you start to do that, those things change. And then it's even better, frankly, if you can get a man to help sponsor you. Like it doesn't have to be men against women. It's whoever's in the right place that can help you, but you have to invest in those relationships. Right. You brought something up about women empowered women. I do realize that there's so much power in women supporting women and just、mm-hmm. like empowering each other. You know, for some reason we are so far behind than men in that type of support. Well, I think there's a lot of things. I do think that as women we are taught to compare ourselves to other women.、It、starts really early with fashion magazines,、mm. but I also think when you look at the corporate world. There haven't been as many roles for women as you move higher and higher up, so it's not like you and I and Sally and Lisa can all be at the C-suite. There might be one spot for、I、one、see. woman. So now, at that point, do we? We're now all competing instead of where men are like men have this view that there's enough spots for all of them, right? And we are seeing those things change, but、mm. I think that there's there's some legacy. Behavior that come comes in to play. I do think that there is a power of community, but not only that. It's the woman empowering woman because women have. Once you let those、uh, walls down, we have so much care. But you you see so many、uh, people walking around with imposter syndrome.、Yeah. There are there's a lot of studies. Women have this much worse than men do. And so, for women to support other women, you have to be open to be able to say, "Some days I feel like I'm a fraud, or I feel like any moment I can be discovered as not having all the answers." And then, if you get with a group of women that are all open to saying that, all of a sudden everybody talks about it, and it feels so much better.、Mm. But what if you're with somebody who is like, "Yep,、yeah, that must feel really bad for you," and it's like, <laughs> "Well, what?" Because there's still people.、Um, That's so me. I need to learn. We do come from different generation, and when I started working, it's a little different. And when comparing to when you started working, and、um, what has changed, but what is remained the same? Yeah. So I'm going to go back more than more than ten or fifteen years. Like if you really go back、yeah. to the beginning of my career, we'll go back thirty years.、Uh, women to be leaders had to act like men. So we、mm. threw our authenticity out. Um, we wore power suits, which are hilarious now to think about. But yes, I wore a power suit and stilettos. Like you still wore stilettos、yeah. all the time, no matter what you were gonna do. Like always had a pair of stilettos on. Like my,、uh, thank goodness my feet are not damaged. So many people's feet are terrible, but we had this whole like you had to look, you had to look pretty enough,、um, but then be powerful and kind of mean because、mm. that was how you had to lead. If you showed. Any type of softness or compassion, immediately weak emotional woman. So we have come a long ways from、mm. that. We, you know, see like Brene Brown who talks about like vulnerability、mm-hmm. and how do we share our emotions. So that has really come like this huge change in the last thirty years. But I'm going to tell you, I still get.、Um, To that level, and I'm in a meeting in New York, and the men all have suits on, and I maybe have a dress on, and probably fairly feminine, and they are talking about sports and other things, and so some of that 
little bit of the boys club still mm-hmm. exists yeah. and still happens. And it, like I said, it isn't malicious. They don't intend for it to be that way. It's just been that way for so long. Right. So we still have education to do, but it's being mindful. And so thinking about, you know, where you come into the workplace and seeing a mix because um, you're going to see that full range of um, the legacy leaders. If you look at CEOs and VPs in most companies, they're going to come from that generation. So mm-hmm. there's still going to be that piece. Um, and how do you show up as a powerful woman that has an opinion that, and it's okay to be compassionate. And in fact, you should be, and to be kind and caring and leading from that, but still get the respect that you deserve. Yeah. Wow. It sounds tough. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't honestly think it's a whole lot easier at any, for any generation. Mm. It's just always different. There's just different things that we encounter. I can relate to that too. When I was working at my corporate work is, well, first we started with the team with all the girls. So that was, but uh, that was like kind of tough, but it was a different type of way of competition. So the loudest one will be the one in kind of like leadership position you know, or the one that most outspoken. And I was just newly hired at that time, which is like six, seven years ago. I was super quiet and I was afraid to speak up because what if I lose my job or that person knows, they seem like they know more because they talk more, but some, but then uh, you find out later it's not necessarily the truth. They just more louder <laughs> than you and more opinionated. But later on, we had more guys on the team, and but I didn't know how to still navigate between. And I would come out as a bossy, especially guys. They would tell me like, "Wow, you're so bossy," and don't tell me what to do in the like funny way. But but I take note. How do I still be a woman, <laughs> still be at the leadership le- leadership position, and able to speak up, then not become this like the micromanager. <laughs> person. So there's a lot of things there. Um, The first thing is, is when somebody told you you were bossy, did you actually stop and look around at how the other people were behaving? Because I think that's always a curious thing. Like, Mm. I think we, again, we take other people's inputs and, and it's good to be, to hear them. But did you stop and ask yourself, is that true? Or did you get told you were bossy because you're a little petite woman and that person thought that you should show up in a different way. Yep. That's what exactly it was. Um, you're too quiet in the meetings. I need you to speak up. You won't get promoted unless people know um, your opinions or you need to contribute more. Then you start to contribute and then you're bossy. So where do you, where do you find, where do you find that, that sweet spot? Right. But some of that is helping other people recognize that they have unconscious biases. Mm. Like if Bob says the exact same thing that you do, but nobody calls Bob bossy, then, then that's a problem. Yes. And so being able to be comfortable enough to say, um, I, I heard what you said and that you think that I'm bossy. Can you give me an idea about how I could have handled this in a different way and we could have still gotten the results. And at that point you help other people start to recognize that maybe it's them and it's not you. Mm. Maybe it was you. Like I had my own times where I was super bossy because I was trying to act just like the men were that I was Mm. watching and they were very command and control and it wasn't natural to me. So, so there's a lot of things like 
you have to kind of self-diagnose like is it true but i do ask myself a lot when i when people give me feedback um feedback is a gift when people give that to you so Mm -hmm. first of all like always say thank you but then internalize it and say is it true because all feedback is is somebody else's opinion again right so do you value their opinion more than you value your own does it ring true if it rings true then like that's a growth opportunity but there's times that we are all given feedback that isn't true it's somebody else's opinion about how they think you should and i use the word should intentionally Mm -hmm. how you should show up that may not be right at all you have so much knowledge and you do coach people i do want to make sure that i leave your website down on my podcast so people can find you they can connect you with you on linkedin at marcy mara and your website is marcimara.com. And if you listen to this podcast till the end, you should have your LinkedIn profile updated and go and connect with Marcy. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah, and thank you. I'm always happy to answer questions. So you can reach me uh, via LinkedIn or via my website. And um, there are resources available and I'm constantly working on new stuff. And fingers crossed before the end of this calendar year, I'll have a book. Yes, I can't wait. I can't wait. We'll (laughs) definitely have to bring you back um, to speak about your book. It is about authenticity. And it actually, it it starts um, with my epic failure. It starts with when did I realize that I wasn't living the type of life that I wanted to, and kind of that journey about how do you how do you dissect that? And what are the pieces that you go through? And you'll have some reflection questions in there for authenticity and gratitude and purpose. Love and it. Diversity. We're also hosting a um, free virtual summit at the end of this May where Marcy will be uh, sharing more on the topic. Purpose interested to actually hear Marcy live. You should join us and um, I will leave the um, link below so then everybody can find it. Thank you, Marcy. And I'm smiling and cringing a little bit. We're going to be live. So this will be fun for us. But... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be live.